So decisions in life compound, and I don't think people realize how much you can accomplish by being disciplined. I like consistency. Consistency is the key. I agree with that. What else? The foundation of success is taking care of yourself. And that's mental, physical, and spiritual, and having a, a good understanding of these things and, and good relationship with yourself. Welcome to the Hardway Podcast with Joe DeSena, founder and CEO of Spartan Races. We're teaching you how to overcome your obstacles in your life the same way we teach our 10 million plus Spartans to overcome obstacles on the course with insight from the smartest, most accomplished experts from every corner of the world. Get ready to elevate your life today. Joe DeSena here, CEO and founder of Spartan and all things hard. And I am the host of the Hard Way Podcast. And we've got Craig Levinson, a buddy of mine on here. He is, he's got a digital agency that basically supports all the big A-listers you know. But it didn't start out there, right? It started out started out where? It started out in South Africa? Yeah, let, let's go from the start. So yeah, it started off childhood in South Africa. Um, grew up in Johannesburg with, with my family. And from a young age, they wanted to give us a safe upbringing. Uh, South Africa, especially Johannesburg, is a pretty dangerous place. At about nine, my family decided to migrate to New Zealand, which is polar opposite. You know, cops don't carry guns. Very safe, green, beautiful place. And um, when I look back at it now, I'm like, damn, my parents really, you know, changed their whole life to to raise kids in a safe environment. How many brothers and sisters? Three brothers. So four boys. And um, wealthy, not wealthy? No wealthy. I didn't grow up with a lot financially. I mean, a lot of love from my parents, but no, you know, uh, definitely not wealthy by any means. How'd the four boys do? We know how you're doing. How'd the other three boys do? They did well as well. I mean, I was the, I guess, most independent because, uh, you know, I mentioned I moved here at, at 19 on my own. Um, so I look at a lot of 19-year-old kids now to be able to accomplish that. Is probably, there's probably not a lot that are, are willing to or, I guess, you know, necessarily able to. So, yeah, uh, but they all doing well. They, they all in Australia now, my family. You were done with high school at 19? Yeah, I was done uh, 17, 17, 18. I was done, saved up, you know, whatever I could for a little bit before I moved here. One year of work experience. That was my only ever real job, quote unquote, real job I've ever had. <laughs> oh, wait, so you walk in. I'm just thinking about my children now and anybody listening, thinking about their children. You walk into your parents' room and you're like, hey, I'm out of here. I'm heading to the U.S.? Basically, it happened pretty quick. Um, you know, I had this, I always had a dream of playing collegiate basketball in the US, watching all these basketball movies on TV. This is the mecca of, of basketball nations. So um, I always had this dream and aspiration, but to bring it to life was another story. But yeah, basically, you know, it was like, I'm moving to America, I'm, I'm, I'm chasing my dream and I'm going to make it happen. Who knows how long it'll last? That falls on me, but um, I'm going to try. How good of a basketball player were you? I had a 43-inch vertical. I dunked a basketball at 13 years old, so I'm naturally a gifted athlete. And once I realized that, I, I you know, used my discipline and hard work and learned the craft. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I became I became pretty good. Um, it opened a lot of doors for me. And so you moved, where'd you, where'd you move first? LA? Where'd you go? San Diego. I was in Oceanside, San Diego. And um Moved to a beautiful place where the sun shines every day. And I was like, I want to make this home. I want to reside here. I want to figure out how I can avoid the rain. And I, as much as I love New Zealand, it rains a lot. And uh, growing up with rain, I just got over it. So you went South Africa, New Zealand, New Zealand, San Diego. Yeah. So childhood South Africa, 
teenagers New Zealand and 19 New Zealand transitioned to uh, uh, the US where I you know, moved to San Diego and, and pursued the basketball dream. Did you hit the ground running? You walk, you, you, get, you get into San Diego and, and you go right out to the courts in the, in the street and start uh, dunking baskets and like, how'd that go? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a little more, uh, you know, timid or shy, I guess, in my personality, still trying to figure myself out. And I'd never left my family for more than a week. So uh, immersing myself into another culture and world was a big, like, leap of faith and jump. A funny story is when I got off from the airport at LAX, first time in America, I always remember this. I was wearing a Boston uh, Red Sox cap and a Mets, New York Mets jersey, and my assistant coach picks me up from the airport and he's like, in America, we don't do that. He's like, we support one team and you stick to one team. And I was like, well, overseas, we just wear the stuff because it's cool. And he goes, no, no. He's like, I'm going to teach you right now. You stick to one team in, in a sport. So, And it's usually where you, you're from. You support that team. So I was like, okay, I appreciate the lesson. But um, So I always remember that coming out of LAX, 19-year-old kid, and my assistant coach picks me up and we drive to San Diego. And so how did it go? How long did you play basketball? In, in the States? I played for three and a half years, um, earned myself a scholarship, you know, went from JUCO, uh, worked my ass off and, and learned the game and American style of play because it's a lot more fast paced here than it is overseas. You know, I was an incredible athlete, but then in college, so is everybody else. So at that level of competition, you know, I wasn't necessarily um, that much more athletic than everybody. Like I was, I was still an incredible athlete, but uh, I played for three and a half years, earned myself a scholarship, worked my ass off, and um, really formed some great relationships and people. And, and that ended my senior year where I dislocated my right ankle and had uh, pretty severe surgery, fractured my fibula, uh, did quite a lot of damage, tore all my ligaments, um, and, and they utilized hardware to put it back together. And that was kind of the transition away. That was the end of my career, basically, from um, not being able to move the same way I used to. Funny, I, I think about, it's not funny, but I, I think about that a lot, about the millions of kids that get involved in a sport at a young age, my kids included, and their dream and everything and their life, uh, every hour of every day, every dream, right, is about that sport. And then and then it ends. It ends for everybody. Yeah. And, and sometimes it ends too soon. So how did you deal with that? It was a tough transition, but... Um... I mean, I really believe things in life happen for a reason. And once I could conceptualize that I need to now pivot again, because moving at 19 made me a good problem solver. I take accountability of anything that I succeed or fail at. And I say, it's me, it's on me. I don't look at anybody else and say, so that accountability piece and realizing, okay, maybe life wants me to pivot in another direction. Um, and I took that upon myself. I said, okay, maybe I, I'm meant for something else in this world. Maybe I'm meant to teach my gifts, uh, you know, to other athletes and work with other athletes, which is, is, you know, a huge part of where I pivoted to, but it was, it was a tough mental blow. And, uh, you know, I think it was a very traumatic experience looking up and seeing the state I was, I was in and knowing it could be over. This is potentially over for me. Um, and it was also a financial burden cause I didn't have insurance. So I paid out of pocket for insurance and all the money I had saved up for years in America, I paid to repair my ankle. Do you call your parents and you say, I'm coming home? To this day, I haven't told my mom the extent of what happened to me. I told her I sprained it badly because my mom's the kind of, she's a real mom mom and, and she's the kind of mom that would have dropped everything to try to come here. 
and I didn't want to stress her. So I, I extended the truth and, uh, she doesn't know still to this day, she doesn't know exactly what happened. She thought I, I sprained it and was on crutches for a little bit. So now what? So now you, you've spent all your money. Basketball is over. You're in California. You haven't told your parents what really happened. Now what? What do you do? You pivot. You pivot. And, and you, um, you know, through that, I, I learned a lot through that experience. And as I mentioned, I still want to work with athletes and, and be involved in the, the sport or sport in general. I've always been a very health conscious human driven by health and wellness. You know, at 12 years old, I was consciously aware about food I was putting in my body. I was eating canned sardines and pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds as a 12 year old, uh, which I wasn't influenced by my parents. So I actually influenced them. So it's just a part of who I am as a being. I wanted to bring some more authenticity to like a, at the time, very like, you know, quote unquote, fake fitness world of influencers promoting stuff they don't even take and, you know, juiced out bodybuilders promoting lean protein. So at that time, I pivoted and created a supplement company, which was purely passion-driven with my best friend. And it was an organic, clean, wild-crafted ingredient supplement brand uh, to bring some authenticity to a, to, a, to a fake industry. And that's that's um, where I, I pivoted and created this, this community and brand of authentic humans. Our tagline was, be real, be you. And it was, it was bringing this authenticity that I, I inspired um, myself and community around us to be like. It did. We built a community, but I, I didn't know enough about business. It was the first startup I ran, and I threw myself into it. And we spent money wrongly, and uh, anything we raised, we kind of went through. And, and those crucial errors in a very saturated industry were were crucial enough to put us out of business. But I, I don't look at it as a fail, failure. I look at it as a, a huge learning opportunity, where now I've done consulting for other supplement companies because... I literally played every role in the startup from being an influence and talent to running the marketing to working with R&D for two years, formulating good quality product, which is not easy, and naturally flavoring and sweetening and all that stuff is a headache. So there was a lot of moving pieces, but I learned so much from it. So how many years did that go before it failed? Well, it was like two years of behind the scenes, and then we launched right before COVID, which also put us, you know, was a huge burden to us but um that lasted about a a year or so and um and then you know pivoted from there and actually part of my success today a huge part of my success is the failure of that business so that yeah so then what'd you do by the way anybody listening should be paying close attention to the fact that this guy craig here we're listening to doesn't seem to quit right that's the common thread when we look at 700 podcasts i've done folks that are successful, no matter how you define success, you, you keep using the word pivot, but I, they just get back up again. And I mean, you could have easily sat on the couch and said, woe is me and called mom mm -hmm. and went home and had a nice meal and maybe never left the basement. For sure. I could have easily fallen back to my comfort zone and said, you know what, this isn't for me or, you know, but it, yeah, I look at it as problem solving and, and pivoting and, and, it's like uh, just move objectively in another direction. Um, find a way. It's like <laughs> find a way through. But but and maybe we learned that in sport, right? Maybe you played enough sport as a kid, so you, you you instinctually knew how to find a way through. But it would be so easy. Look, I run I run a business. I'm still dealing with the headaches from the past from COVID, and it's so easy to just say, "Fuck it." Mm -hmm. It's just too hard so easy yeah 
it's so hard. It's so hard to say, find a way through. And we need more. I think we need more of that. When I think about my four kids or think about your child, like we need more of that. By the way, those people that find a way through or at least try everything, they're more fun to be around. You know, I think the opposite of victim mentality is accountability. So when you can be accountable for your decisions in your life and realize that you are in control of your decisions and things you do to a degree, right? You can't control everything in life, but when you control the things you can, it puts you in a powerful position because you're now leading and dictating the future of your life as opposed to um, the circumstances around you dictating why you succeed or fail. Sure, sure. And, and that's how I look at it. Hard to do, by the way. Hard to do. Hard to look in the mirror every day and say, hey, this problem, this failure, this issue, this is my fault. That's hard to do. Much easier to just pin it on somebody. Yeah. Uh, it is, which, you know, a lot of people do, but um, there's a lot of uh, power in accountability. There's a lot of power in realizing we, we do have control of things. We do. We are the creator of our life. All right. So now you pivot again and you start another business. I did. I, I pivoted again um, and first actually started managing an inspirational client um, who was born without legs in the foster care system with a crazy life. And uh, formed a friendship with him, met him backstage on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and uh, took him up upon my, you know, under my wing and became a mentor and support and guide to him and realized what a light he was to the world. So that was, that was the next pivot was how do I build the, his name's Zion Clark. And I was like, how do I build the Zion brand? How do I take this light and shine him across the world and let people see, you know, this guy that has every reason to quit and give up on life? and uh and support him and be there for him as a, as a support system and we've traveled the world together now and um he's still my client you know i've, I've scaled things out and now run a full-blown agency but um he was like the the pivoting point and uh in the lead up to that so I, I like to tell people all the time like as we're trying to find the thing we love to do you can either just sit still and hope it hits you like a lightning bolt, or you could be in the backstage of the Ellen DeGeneres show and just and stumble upon it, right? As long as you're doing and meeting, uh, you bump into where you're supposed to be. I think luck comes to those that put themselves in a position to receive. I like that. I like. How old are you? 36. 36. And you've got a lot of wisdom, probably from all the clients and all the sports and all the pivots. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that and, um, and just relying on myself, believing myself, relying on myself, you know, and I, I'm more observer than I am the center of attention in a room. So I'm always in this observing space. So observing the world, I like to, uh, see what's going on around me than always being the one to, uh, to speak. I love it. You provide the light as opposed to, uh, have the light shine on you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I think that's yeah. why I naturally fit a role of like management in what I do, because actually transferring speaking, I don't like to be the center of attention, but I like to support the dreams of others and those around me. So now you got a bunch of A-listers as clients. Yeah. I work with A-list talent, professional athletes, um, just influential people that have done some amazing things in the world. And I don't view anyone different to me. I think everybody's on the same playing field as humans. We are. Uh, you know, I've never been the person to be uh, 
put somebody on a pedestal. I think we all deserve the same respect as humans. Again, I represent people with disabilities and I don't look at them any different to me or you or from a respect respect standpoint as well. You know, we, we, um, we've been very fortunate over the years. We've had a bunch of the AAA listers show up to our races. And I think you'd know better than me, but I think they want to be associated with our brand because in some cases, you know, the West Coast could be very superficial. And I, I believe if, if they go through the transformation that Spartan or Tough Mudder brings people, it, it toughens up their image. Plus, it probably just feels good for them to do something that's less plastic and more real. Um, but we get, we get a lot of the, the highest level influences showing up to our races unannounced, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, no, that is awesome. But to your point, yeah, hundred percent, especially uh, Los Angeles where I now reside, there's a lot of, um, just an authenticity and, and, you know, yes, man, and people trying to fake it to make it. So I think having them do these, these tough challenges. I also, uh, I know Diplo goes to a lot of them who, um, you know, have somewhat of a friendship with, but I know he loves, loves the outdoors. I was actually meant to be in Antarctica this week with him and a close buddy hosting an event, but uh, I just got too much going on, but that would have been epic. Yeah. Diplo, Kardashians, Gerard Butler, Serena and Venus Williams, Alicia Keys. So anyway, you've had a tremendous amount of experience for a very short time you've been on this planet. Let's give the audience three things. I, one is, I think you tell me, one is be accountable at all costs, right? It's your, it's, you own it no matter what, whether you win, lose, you're stuck, you own it. Yeah, 100%. Being able to not let your ego take the better of you and uh, not let your ego make decisions, but that accountability piece is how do you, which I've learned to do is, is you don't always have to be right. What's what's number two? Accountable Accountability at all costs, number two? So these are three things you said for the audience that just- Just to level level up, yeah, just to be better. Consistency is huge. You know, your your daily decisions compound and they can move you, move you in a whole different trajectory for your future in good or bad. So decisions in life compound and I don't think people realize how much you can accomplish by ha being disciplined um, in that sense. Discipline comes in with consistency, but um, but yeah, I, I've seen it. I've, I've visualized what 12 months of me doing one thing can move me in one direction versus a friend doing the polar opposite and, and how distant we become from, you know, good or bad. But, um, but that consistency is huge. I like consistency. Consistency is the key. I agree with that. What else? So we said consistency, accountability. And if you get stuck, I, I, if you get stuck, I, I, I got one that I think you would definitely agree with, which is sardines or just overall, you know, a focus on health and wellness. hundred percent. I, I view success. The foundation of success is taking care of yourself and that's mental, physical, and spiritual and having a a good understanding of these things and, and good relationship with yourself. But health and wellness to me has to be the foundation of things because when you're on a hospital bed, you, you can't enjoy anything else. All you want is your health back. So you don't foundationally appreciate that and have gratitude and wake up really like, wow, I get to 
nourish myself and put good food in my body and take care of myself, then, you know, your, your focus, your energy, your mood, everything else is going to suffer. So if you can foundationally prioritize your health, now everything else is going to be more optimized. And that's why I put it as a foundation. I love it. So accountable, 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 consistency, like your life depends on it and take care of yourself. Pay attention to what you put in your mouth, what time you go to bed, how much water you drink. Yep. Super simple. Oh, and then if you're a parent, kick your kids out at 19, make them move on the other side of the world. <laughs> For sure. That That's where I learned a lot. Having a great support system in my parents to always be there for me if I need need them, but also giving me like wings to fly myself and not controlling me and saying, no, you can't go pursue your dream and passion. Give me wings. I like that. Um, how do people find you? Uh, mainly Instagram. It's Craig period Levinson is my, my Instagram handle. And, uh, that's the main social channel I use, you know, I work on a lot of other ones with a talent that I manage and work with, but, uh, but myself personally, I just keep it, keep it simple. We have a race coming up in, in California in early January. Love to meet you out there, round up as many friends, as many followers as you want. It's on me, no charge. Just get in touch with Craig. Tell everybody you want to join Craig's team. Assuming you're not on the North pole. <laughs> um, would love to have you out there. Yeah, I'd love to be there. I've, uh, I've seen, seen what you built and it's pretty amazing community across the world. So, um, yeah, let's get me out there. Get me on a race. Should we bring some of those, uh, fancy weight vests you have? The ion vest? Yeah, that actually be awesome. That'd yeah, be awesome. we could do it. We could, your whole team could run in weight vests. That would be sick. I like that. All right. I like that. All right. Any parting words? Um, no, I mean, just, uh, I guess it's cliche to say, but, uh, you got to wake up every day and do what makes you happy. You got to generally enjoy what you do. If you, you know, want to be fulfilled and, and, and be happy with yourself. It's like, just do what makes you happy. Who cares what, uh, everybody else's version of happiness is find what yours is and, and, and go for that. Like go for what you generally like, who cares what other people think and get off the damn phone. I was, um, I was with my youngest daughter this, this past weekend. I just got back last night in Abu Dhabi. We were running a Spartan race through the desert and, and the sun was blazing and I was with princes and princesses and the, the dunes were as far as you could see. They were untouched sand and it was hard. And I thought, my God, we get to do this. And I had to pinch myself, mm -hmm. you know? No, yeah. So that is incredible. All right. Well, you're the man. Um, people check you out. Like I said, anybody want to free race, join Craig. He's going to, who knows, maybe Diplo will come. Maybe some, uh, he's a big, he's a big friend of Mike Tyson, but, but, um, I don't know if Tyson's in that kind of shape anymore. Maybe you yeah. can get a Spartan race done. And he's got, got toughest man in the world at one point. Yeah, no, for sure. He's got a little bit of back issues, but, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll gather some troops, bring some troops out. All right. Thank you, sir. Awesome.